It's four o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means. It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. This week, starring me. This is as good as it gets. Hello, everybody. Thank you, fake audience. Thank you, fake band. Hello, people in the chat room. Um, I'm excited to be doing a new version of Taxi 101. I did a version about, I don't know, two or three years ago, and I watched it a few weeks ago. It's getting a little stale. Um, and I also talked way too much at the beginning of the show, so I'm not going to do this time, uh, do that this time. And uh, this goes out to the guy who complained that uh, I was a moron for talking about my vacation or something. So this is for you, buddy. Um, what I want to say, oh, I especially want to welcome new members. You know, it's heartbreaking when we see new members get frustrated early in the game, and yet we've got so many of our other members that are successful. So this, is, this episode's purpose is to share with you new members what we've learned um, as a staff, as a company, and what we've learned from our older members who've been successful. Um, Oh, and there goes the, the fan on my computer being loud, so hopefully you don't hear that because the microphone's over here. Anyway, um, oh, chat room, uh, I want to say hello to Sherry, Cal, we, we will write you a song, Christos, Peter, Rayhill. Hey, Rayhill, I listened, it's great. Uh, Dave, SH, S-G-S-J-H, piano, guitar, Mon Thorne, Marion Laird, Linda Cullum. Anyway, um, we have two jobs at Taxi. Job number one is to find the best music for our industry friends or our clients so that they keep coming back and giving you guys more opportunities. And job number two is to help our members in every way that we possibly can so that they can land as many deals and placements as possible. Um, and obviously we want happy members so that they tell their friends and we've got a good business going. So if there's one thing um, that you can great one thing that you can do to greatly improve your chances of success using taxi, it's this. And that is to listen to what I'm about to share with you and play it over and over again until it becomes a way of life for you. This is not an episode where you can just watch it and go, eh, okay, that makes sense, and then forget about it. I'm telling you, I'm giving you the good stuff today. Um, I, before I started the show today, I was set at getting set up, and I went on our forum, and I found... Uh, oh, this is not what I'm looking for. Um, okay. So here's the bullet list, and then I'll give you what I found on the forum. So here's, here's kind of the, the short form, a, a summation, uh, if you will, of what I'm going to talk about today. There is no magic bullet or shortcut uh, to success in the music industry. It takes some time, it takes some effort, and it takes working smartly. Not just working hard, but working smart. Uh, for more than two decades, we've seen these things in common for nearly all of our most successful members. Um, a, they read the listings very carefully and make realistic decisions about what they're going to submit in response. And B, they're generally more successful with new music than they are the stuff they create after becoming members than taking music that they created five years ago or two years ago or two decades ago. A lot of times people join Taxi and they're just so determined to take this piece of music or a, a, an album full of music that they created years ago and they just 
they want to justify the time and effort and money that they put into it. So they pitch it at all these taxi listings, and it's basically a bit of like trying to fit a, a square peg in a round hole, if you will. So then they get frustrated, but they get back a lot of critiques that say the stuff sounds dated or it doesn't really fit uh, the, what the listing asked for. It's because they're trying to put a square peg in a round hole. So they do find that once they become members and they get with the program uh, and they start creating music that fits the listings better, it's like, wow, all of a sudden they start getting forwards. Um, letter C on my list is our most successful members use the peer-to-peer -peer section of the taxi forum and the community that is on that forum to help them decide if the music that they're pitching is right for a listing or not. They literally go on the peer-to-peer -peer section and say, hey, I think I'm going to pitch this song for that listing. What do you guys and gals think? And people have found that the feedback on the whole is remarkably good and helps them make better use of their membership. Um, letter D, our most successful members use the taxi forum to learn more about the industry in general, um, making the right kind of music that the industry really wants to get, and technical things like recording, mixing, software that you would use in those processes, and especially collaborating uh, with other members who have strengths in areas that they may not. We see this all the time. So I want to repeat that. Our most successful members use the taxi forum to learn more about the industry and to build a network. Um, letter E, our most successful members watch virtually every episode of Taxi TV. And I'm not just saying that because I'm the host of Taxi TV. I'm telling you that because people say that they get a better education from watching this YouTube show than they do sometimes from four years of going to music college. So maybe it's because it's practical, real-world advice. I don't know. Um, it's certainly not theoretical. A lot of what we teach on this show is stuff that we've learned, as I said earlier, from our members and from our own experience. So I hope that you can watch every show. And some of the shows that are really applicable to you, you know, uh, favorite them and, and go back to them. And don't forget, subscribe to the channel. And share with your friends. And like us because we like to be liked. Okay, moving on to letter F. Our most successful successful members also go to our convention, which is called the Road Rally, the Taxi Road Rally. It's generally speaking the first weekend of November every year, and I know people are going to say, oh, it's in Los Angeles, I've got a job, it's a plane flight, it's far away, it's inconvenient. You know what? If you're really serious about wanting to be in the music industry, where else are you going to get a free convention that people say is the best convention of its kind anywhere? Um, people rave about the road rally. So you know what? Start saving, you know, five bucks a week for the plane fare. Plan now to take off. I mean, what is it? Six or seven months until November? Plan now to take off from work. Um, if you've got a job, you're like a teacher or something, you can't take off, call in sick. <coughs> I can't come to work. Go to California. Um, okay, so before I was getting set up to do the show, I went on our forum because I haven't looked at it in a few days, and I went to the success story part of the forum, and the first thing I saw on there was from one of our successful members, uh, Marcus Cohen, who goes by the moniker, We Will Write You a Song on the forum, and on this past Saturday, April 28th, 
at 6.25 a.m. in Los Angeles, which I'm guessing would be 9.25 a.m. Uh, in wherever he lives, somewhere in Pennsylvania. He wrote, Hey all, who would have thought by year two it'd be so hard to get back here on the forum to offer um, help and give updates. I apologize for that. But it's also very good news. I love being able to praise Taxi for everything their vehicle has brought to me. If it weren't for Taxi, I'd still be racking my brain trying to figure out how to get more hours in a day to do sessions or clone myself. At this point, and he and parenthetically says, been a member since January of 2016, so for a couple of years, we have, and when he says we, he means he and his mom, Sherry. Um, they're a team, and a very effective team at that. We have 450 songs signed and published by all the major publishers in the biz, around 75% vocal songs, and 25% of them are instrumentals. With well over 100 placements, not counting repeats, which can be a lot, um, on almost 60 different TV shows. Some very recent placements include The Young and the Restless, MTV Champs vs. Stars, X on the Beach, Love and Hip Hop, and, excuse me, The Big Show, just to name a few, and some very, very exciting big features coming up. I, I think he means feature films. Uh, taxi works, people. Use the tools properly and keep cranking out the tunes in the taxi vehicle, that's where we got the name, will get you to your proper destination. Shout out to all my incredible co-writers, co-producers, and just damn good friends over here in the taxi bubble. You know who you are. Uh, I'm still drinking the Kool-Aid and happy to pass it around to anyone else ready to drink from the fountain of awesome go taxi cult <laughs> i guess that's the best compliment we could get is being called a cult so thanks marcus appreciate that so i uh, just want you to know i've got all these things written out uh, as far as what the bullet points are that i'm going to talk about today but i'm totally ad-libbing the answers <laughs> so um, it's live i may screw some stuff up but i think i'll get it pretty right so here we go how long does it take to hear back from, uh, from Taxi after you make a submission? We get that question all the time from new members. So the answer is, and I don't know why so many people miss this because it is on the website in a couple of places, it generally takes uh, about three weeks, certainly less than 30 days after the deadline. That's what people get confused about. They think, oh, uh, let's say that there's a deadline of May 3rd for something, but they submit their music on April 15th. So for some reason, people think that they're going to hear back 30 days after April 15th. But generally speaking, we don't start screening the music until the deadline is passed. Sometimes if we're getting a ton of submissions and we've got available A&R people, we will start screening a day or two before just so that we stay on schedule. Um, but that's the rule of thumb. That's what we shoot for as a company. That's what the staff tries to accomplish is to get you an answer within 30 days of the deadline. So if the deadline is May 2nd, you'll hear by June 2nd. Um, it, it's hard to imagine how many processes there are that take place under our roof before you find out because um, we may have actually screened your music, you know, on May 3rd and it's already been forwarded or returned, at least gone into the proper bucket for forward and return, but we've got to get through everything. 
then we've got to check the screeners work and then we've got to notify the industry people then we've got to get the music to them we've got to make sure that all the music going to them has the right tags on it all kinds of stuff that takes place so once again 30 days after the deadline is when you will hear back on a submission sometimes a little less time on occasion we get backed up or it's a holiday or we're light on staff because of summer vacations or something it may take a few days longer if something breaks in the chain and i mean by breaking in the chain like we've got a bunch of people out with the flu or we can't get the right screeners on something and we're running really like stupidly behind on something we will generally send out an email to all the people that submitted for that listing to let them know so there you go all right next up how long does it take to hear back from the industry people once your music has been forwarded to them or sent to them so there is no hard and fast rule um, some observations from me about that that is first of all you may never hear because believe it or not they're in the business well production music libraries which are publishers for film and tv um, they look at music differently than a music supervisor. They consume it differently. Their timeline is different. Um, they may run a listing with Taxi, a production music library, a film and TV publisher may run a listing with Taxi looking for singer-songwriter material. Uh, and it doesn't mean that they necessarily have an immediate need. They may. They may have a show that they're pitching to in a week or they may realize that the stuff that's in their current catalog is a little dated sounding. So what they're going to do is run a taxi listing and fill up a bucket full of singer-songwriter stuff. They may reach out to another entity or two or not, and they accumulate this stuff. But then let's say they get inundated with other projects that are really, you know, like barking at them right now. You need to pay attention to this. Well, they're not going to pay attention to the singer-songwriter stuff that wouldn't it be nice if we had fresher more modern more contemporary singer-songwriter stuff on you know in our catalog that's not a priority that has to happen right now sadly for you guys when you get forwarded from taxi to them i know it's like you're sitting by the phone you're waiting to hear you're you're checking your email 20 times a day hoping to hear something and you don't and it's frustrating and it's heartbreaking and more than anything it's discouraging it's like i keep getting forwarded i don't hear anything rule of thumb is in my personal opinion generally speaking a music library you will hear from them in 30 to 120 days about 75 percent of the time there are plenty of examples and this is why i want you to take heart there are many 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 and i'm talking probably hundreds of examples over the years of taxi members who've been forwarded to a music library and heard years later years later not weeks days months hours but years later i think the current record i want to say is seven years that's ridiculous but here's the thing you have to remember i need a prop for this write submit forget and repeat do not oops i could do a better job of holding that um once you find out something's been forwarded i know that in your mind's eye you're imagining them getting it on their computer and as soon as they get it 
they hit the enter button and your music starts to play and you can just see this whole thing in your mind and you're going, oh my gosh, they're going to hear it. They're going to think it's amazing and they're going to shoot an email to me saying, we want your music. They may not. They probably won't for a while. They have many other priorities, the biggest of which is pitching the music that they currently have in their catalog. That's how they make money. Something that most people seem to forget, most musicians seem to forget, is that music library people, just the owners, the people that work there, their number one job is to earn a living. And they do that by pitching music and getting it placed in TV shows, films, video games, commercials, what have you. So they spend way more time pitching music than they do listening to music. From the perspective of songwriters, artists, composers, in their mind's eye, uh, they imagine that people are sitting there listening to music all day long and they can't imagine why their music hasn't been, been heard more quickly. So just understand it's a process, but write, submit, forget, and repeat. What that means specifically in regard to production music libraries is don't wait to hear back on that one forward from that one library. Take that same piece of music and keep pitching it to other similar listings and meanwhile, keep creating new music and pitching that because the ultimate goal is to sow as many seeds out there as you can. Think of it as a garden. You've got um, a relatively infinite size garden <clears throat> with many, many, many production music libraries out there. So you want to put some seeds in this one, put some seeds in that one, put some seeds in another one and keep throwing the seeds out there, a certain percentage of those seeds, given enough time, will sprout, become trees, and bear fruit. So that's your goal. And I know it's really hard and it's just words coming out of my mouth, but do not get hung up on, I just got a forward. Consider it a compliment, um, a tip of the hat, that you're doing a good job and your music is awesome, but it can be awesome in a hundred places, not just one. Um, as far as music supervisors go, um, their needs are, generally speaking, more immediate. They need something for next week's episode of a TV show, or they need something for a film they're working on, but it could be a feature film they're working on that might not be coming out for another 11 months. And the music su supervisor is being somewhat, um, what's the word I'm looking for, um, prescient. Prescient, prescient, depends where you're from and how you pronounce that word. But they're thinking, um, okay, I'm going to look at the script now and I'm going to start making notes to myself about what kind of music I think will be needed at which points and which scenes in this movie, even before they ever see the video for the film. So they may run listings with Taxi and reach out to publishers and whatever their normal resources are to start looking for stuff way in advance so that they can start building up several, you know, several pieces of music for each scene or each instance that they know that they're going to need music for. Those, those moments could evaporate when they sit down with the director or the producer, or they may have been really smart and figured it out, solved the problem months in advance of when they need it so that they look really smart when the producer says, yeah, I think right here we should have a piece of music that accomplishes this goal with that kind of music. And they go, oh, I happen to have three things that I think would work really well. And that's impressive to a, a director or producer. So again, they may be so trying to solve a problem for next week's episode, or 
they could be finding something way in advance of when they need it. And either of those scenarios would dictate how quickly you hear back or you don't. As far as record companies go, if you're submitting to a listing where they're looking for artists for the label, um, they're usually on no particular timetable. And they might get the music and go, oh, awesome, got that stuff back from Taxi that I asked for. And then it could sit there. It could, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes they may open the email. If they're like me, they try and just eliminate, you know, a zillion emails in their box, which I don't do very successfully. But, you know, I do try and get to the most pressing stuff that day. So it's possible they could get the email from Taxi and go, okay, I'm going to download this stuff now. And they listen to it on that day. And, you know, there's a one in 10,000 chance they hear an artist go, I love this artist. I want to know more. But before they reach out and say, hey, I'm interested in signing you, they're probably going to stalk you a little bit. They're going to look at you on YouTube. They're going to look at you on Instagram. They're going to look at you on Twitter. Uh, they're going to look at you on Facebook. They're going to see how many people go to your shows, how many shows you're doing, how long the band has been together, all those things that they want to know. Do you have a following? Do you have a lot of followers online? Those are all things that they're going to do without you knowing that they're even doing it. Then, if they love the music, they love the band's look, they love the band's vibe, they see that you've got a following for your live shows, they see that you've got a following um, for social media, it's all coming together, you know? And, and at that point, they may reach out to you, or they may not. It could be just one little thing that turns them off, and they go, I, we've had taxi artists that were actually flown in by major record labels, where the label met with them, the label went to a showcase, the label invited them out for dinner, invited, I'm thinking of a particular band, uh, an all-girl band that we had years ago that came that close to getting signed. The label actually said to them, delay your trip home for one more day, get yourself a music attorney, we're going to talk to you about offering a deal tomorrow. And the next morning they called them up at their hotel and they said, you know what, we've decided we're going to take a pass because we've got enough female bands on the label right now as it is thanks anyway. The ladies were crushed. I understood the label's position, but they came that close. So you just never know. Um, let's see what else. Oh, songs getting used by artists that are already on the labels. Again, uh, it depends where the act is in their arc. Um, are they done recording most of the record and now they just don't feel that the songs, the two or three songs that they had that they designated to be singles are strong enough or that they've got that one career-making breakout single, maybe they're going to go back to the well one more time. So they reach out to Taxi. Hey, can you find us another single? In Nashville, they tend to cut not an entire album at once, but they go in next week and they cut a song. They go in three weeks later, they cut another song. They go in two months later, they cut yet another song. So they kind of do it on an ad hoc basis as they get the material knowing that they've got a certain drop-dead date when the record's got to come out. <clears throat> Excuse me. So there you have it. Um, that's why it's really, really, really hard to predict how long it's going to take you to hear back from the industry. But again, I tell you, do not get hung up. Write, submit, forget, repeat. This mantra was created by our members and our most successful members live by it. Uh, it lessens the pain to some degree. All right. Um, 
What are Taxi's A&R people looking for when they sit down to listen? I think a lot of people assume that they're looking for great music. Oh, I love that song. Oh, I love that artist. Oh, I love that instrumental. And certainly liking it or loving it is part of the formula, but it's not liking it or loving it for their personal taste. They have to sit down and look at it through the eyes of the person or through the ears of the person who ran the listing. So they, they're kind of like a doctor maybe. Um, yeah, maybe that's not a, a great analogy, but they are putting him, the, the taxi screeners, the taxi A&R people, are sitting down and putting themselves into the shoes of the person that ran the listing and taking their own personal taste out of the equation. So they're taking years of their own experience and going, okay, this listing is asking for singer-songwriter style instrumentals that are emotionally uplifting and acoustic guitar based. And that's what they're listening for. Is it acoustic guitar based primarily? Yep, it is. Is it emotionally uplifting? Yeah, feels great, makes me happy. Is it well played? Yep. Um, does it fit the kind of range of uh, arrangements that uh, an instrumental cue would have? Yep, it does. Do I like it? Does it, you know, does it sound like if I were a music library owner, I would want to put that in my library? Yes, it does. Boom, it gets forwarded. So that's what they're looking for. They are looking for whatever the listing says, and they are not looking for, oh, that's awesome, and I'm going to send it to them anyway just because I think they should hear it. Because if, you know, we can get away with that every now and then, especially the deeper our relationship is with the industry pro that's running the listing and requesting material from our members. But those instances where we make those exceptions, and I underline the word exceptions, those are pretty rare because if we do it, fairly frequently or frequently at all pretty soon they're not going to bother requesting any more material from taxi um, or open up the the folders of songs that we send to them because they're not going to trust that the stuff is going to be on target for what they've asked for they're not just saying send me great music they're saying send me great music like this okay next up to bat um how close does your music need to be to the references that are mentioned in the listing? This is a tough question to answer. I'm going to do my best. Um, read the listing really carefully. Don't get excited about one little aspect of the listing. Go, oh, I've got a song like that Britney Spears song from 12 years ago. I should send it in. Look at the other references because often, oftentimes it's about context. It's not that they're looking for a replacement or something that sounds just like that Britney Spears songs, because you certainly don't want to copy it or clone it or get accused of trying to, you know, infringe the copyright. But they may like the tempo and the attitude and the type of melody, because obviously there are different types of melodies. They may like the type of vocal delivery. So you put all those things together in a stew and then look at the other references. Are they also bouncy and emotionally uplifting? Do they also have really catchy melodies? Would they also be on a playlist at the same party or on the same person's phone? Um, those are the things that come into play most of the time. It's about 
would it fit on a playlist? It's not about, is it a replacement for? Now, there are other times, and this is where you have to put your thinking caps on. Um, if a listing says that they're looking for something for a feature film or a TV show, and it's not just generically going into a catalog of a, a film and TV music publisher, let's say, but they're looking for something for a scene in a TV show, that means that it's probably narrowed down somewhat. Now, it could be a scene where it's a bunch of 20-somethings having a wild, raucous party, and they just need party music, and it's gonna be playing in the background. Um, could be uh, source music ostensibly coming from a jukebox or a stereo or a car radio or something like that. In that case, they're not looking so carefully. They just want something that sounds like party music that would be played at a party today versus a party five years ago or 10 years ago, assuming the movie is contemporary. Um, then again, it may be a scene, and this is where you really got to pay attention and put your thinking cap on. If it says it's for a scene um, about a young couple and one of the two is terminally ill and sadly going to pass away soon, that's a very specific need. So they're not looking for something a little broader and more generic that would fit in a party scene. They're looking for a song, and it will probably say with a lyric about loss, um, loss of life, loss of love, loss of friendship, just lost generically. So you've got to read the listing carefully and pick up on the cues that the listing has in there. And we do our best to kind of point you in the right direction. You know, uh, we can't we will say everything that we're allowed to say to get you on the right path but you also have to put your thinking cap on and this is just good general music business pitching um protocol anyway you know what we do quite a bit of hand holding at taxi that the rest of the industry doesn't do so if a music supervisor were to reach out to you directly um, let's say for that feature film placement, uh, you know, in a scene about somebody losing a friend or a relative due to a terminal illness, they're going to say uh, something really short and not give you all the elaborate stuff that we give you. They're going to say something like, need songs about loss. They may not even say, see, uh, send songs about loss of a loved one or send songs about, um, you know, loss due, due to a terminal illness. Um, they know that most of the time they're pitching to library owners or publishers or people who've been in the industry from the artist and composer side long enough where they can read between the lines. A song about loss could be you lost your butt in the stock market. Could be um, you lost your dog. So you've got to be able to filter out, is it loss about, you know, loss of a relationship, loss of a loved one? So Taxi does a lot of hand-holding, and we dig really deep to get you that information and put it in there. So all those things considered, then you have to think about, okay, am I trying to submit something that would work on a playlist with this other stuff and is generally in the same category? Or am I looking for stuff that is about a scene, um, the right kind of music for a scene where somebody's losing a loved one due to terminal illness? So there's my happy thought for today. Moving on to the next question, or the next bullet point. Are the, taxis, are the submissions to taxi um, listened to in the order in which they were submitted? We get this one pretty often. 
people want to know if they have to race to get the submission in because um, the first people in are going to be the first people listened to and by doing that um, their song or their instrumental is going to be chosen right then and there and possibly knock other stuff that's behind it or submitted later or listened to at a later point, knock it out of contention. The truth of the matter is the stuff gets pulled up randomly by a computer. So it doesn't matter. You could be the very last person to submit 30 seconds before the deadline is done or hits, or you could be the very first person to submit the minute that the listing goes live on our website doesn't matter because the stuff is doled out to the screeners on a totally random basis. Uh, and by the way, we don't work on a quota system. So it's not like even if we were listening to the first stuff submitted first, that as soon as we find five great things, we stop listening and everything else just gets thrown away. It's not the way it works here. Um, Here's another tough one to answer. How many submissions does Taxi receive for each listing? It depends. That's the answer is it depends. If it's something that's really strange, I'm trying to think of the strangest thing we've had a request for. We had a doozy a couple of weeks ago. Do you remember that one, Bria? It was something like, you know, uh, Peruvian death march or something. It was like, Oh yeah, it was very good. Um, I was asking Bria, obviously, who's off camera. Um, we had a listing for Japanese soul music, and I remember laughing uh, when I got the email. The person who ran the listing is somebody that's a pretty darn good friend of mine, and I think I shot back an email saying something like, "I can tell you now, you stand very little chance of finding anything, even through us." And people do come to Taxi when they've bombed out elsewhere. They know that we stand probably a better chance of finding them something that's a little strange or obtuse because we have members that do just about every kind of music all over the world. It's not like a typical, typical catalog where we have rock, pop, whatever, you know, we have all those things and much, much more. So for the Japanese soul thing, you know, there might've been three submissions for that. For Peruvian marching band music, there might be 21 submissions. For acoustic singer songwriter songs about heartbreak, we might get 462 submissions for a listing that is asking for uh, cocktail jazz solo piano stuff we might get 318 submissions uh, i think the world record is probably right around a thousand submissions for something um, and you're probably wondering geez how do they listen to all that stuff but remember, we've got all of our screeners categorized, um, kind of like, uh, I can't remember what they call it in baseball, but you know, where they say, okay, this guy is a great pitcher, he's a great pinch hitter, uh, excuse me, he can also play third base. Uh, we do that for our screeners. We list them um, internally by what their number one genre is, what their number two genre is. Um, and are they number one for their ears in that genre? Are they also number one for giving feedback in that genre? So all those things come into play when the screeners are picked. And therefore, when we get a listing that, let's say, gets a pretty robust submission number, like, let's say, 300 submissions, we may reach out to three of our screeners 
um, that are all good in that genre. And we may start listening a day or two or three before the deadline hits, just knowing that we're going to need that much manpower. Um, I should say person power <laughs> or that many person hours. Um, oh, hell with it. I can't be politically correct. Man hours, okay? <laughs> that many man hours, that much time necessary to listen because that's what it's going to take. So we know kind of the internal calculation on that and we plan in advance and we do that so that we can hit the deadline for the person who requested the music from the industry side as well as hitting the deadline so that our members don't have to wait uh, longer than 30 days after the deadline to find out if they've been forwarded or not. Um, okay. What percentage of the submissions make it through Taxi's A&R team? As I stated a minute ago, we don't work on a quota system. We don't um, say, okay, just the five best. On really rare occasions, and I'm talking like maybe once a year, somebody will say, send me the best, uh, the three best, but that's extremely rare, almost never. Um, because they'd be foolish, frankly, um, if we found 23 that were all at that level of quality, wouldn't want to, they want to hear 23 awesome pieces of music that were targeted at what they requested? So because of that, there is no actual percentage. Um, but I will say, just observationally, and this is just me giving you kind of an anecdotal shoot-from-the-hip number, I would say Typically, if I had to give a percentage, I would say about 10%. But that's about italicized, underlined, and said emphatically for me. It's about 10%. Don't go quote me later and say, oh, Taxi Forward's 10% of the music. I've just noticed that on stuff where we get 300 submissions, we might have 37 forwards. Um, there are times uh, that it fluctuates wildly from that, but again, that is just an anecdotal observation on my part. Please don't quote me and say, Taxi's owner says 10% of the music gets forwarded because we do not have a quota system. There is no prescribed, um, predetermined percentage. Okay, time for another sip from our sponsor, Rockstar. Okay, moving on. I love this one. What are non-faded button slash stinger endings and why are they often requested? Used to be back in the day that songs had really long intros so DJs on radio could talk about the band coming to town or something. Uh, and they had fades at the end, sometimes really long fades, also largely created for the DJ. In the world of film and TV music, which is where we request the um, non-faded button stinger endings, it is, let's say on reality TV shows, more often than not, the video editor who is the person slugging in the music wants the music to be capped off with a ta-da or a bump, something that takes you back typically on the downbeat, typically on the tonic, and it carries you into the next scene. It's, it's basically an exclamation point that says, this scene ended or this thought ended, 
and now we're moving on to something else. So now these are my own personal thoughts on how to define non-faded is a generic phrase that applies to everything that's not faded. But a solo piano piece, let's say solo classical piano piece, that just ends on a note. Do -do 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 well, that's non-faded. You could also say it's buttoned because it ends on dum. Now, if it were a rock thing with a big old hairy rock guitar, that would be considered non-faded. Yes, it would be considered buttoned. But even more importantly, it's considered a stinger. Why? Because that downbeat, that note on the downbeat, all by itself in the clear, bam, that could be used almost like an effect. That's a stinger. In the context of a cue, it's also a stinger. So once again, non-faded applies to everything. Buttoned probably means that it's not something big and brash and heavy duty, but it does in fact end on a note, usually on the downbeat, boom. It may have reverb tailing off. It may have the ring out of the piano note or the acoustic guitar strum. Um, it could be an electric guitar that's something, you know, like a jazz guitar bring, doing an arpeggio. It just rings out. But when it gets bigger and more emphatic, um, could be EDM, could be dubstep, could be metal, could be a lot of things. But the bigger and more brash and more emphatic, the more it becomes a really big exclamation point, musically speaking, that's when it becomes a stinger. And that is my opinion. So we try to make the listings pretty clear for you guys when it says, you know, looking for a non-faded ending. That's generally going to apply to something that's relatively low-key, like solo piano classical. If it says that it's going to end with a buttoned ending, it's like that, but maybe it could be a jazz band that all ends on the downbeat and the chord rings out or the note rings out. When it becomes a stinger, it could, it's probably going to be something bigger, more brash, and more emphatic. Um, boy, you guys are busy in the chat room. People are saying, uh, I'm buffering. We're good. We're good. Bria says we're good. What's your version of good? We're good. You just have to re refresh. Oh, they have to refresh. Okay, so for those of you, if you're new to the show um, and you have some buffering going on, ain't our fault because I look great in the little screen I'm looking at. And Bri is sitting five feet away from me. She says I'm looking great. So you need to refresh. Hit that little circular thing on your browser. It will reload, and there you go. Um some of the listings say good edit points or solid edit points. What does that mean and why is that important? Well, you can edit on almost anything that is, you could edit on a hi-hat tick, you could edit on a cymbal crash on the front end of that. It all goes back to the days, the dinosaur Jurassic period that I worked in, where we used tape and we would rock it over the playhead, looking for where does that note start on the tape. And then we'd mark it with a grease pencil, and that's where we'd cut the tape. Of course, nowadays people do it with a waveform, and they do it digitally. Um, but what a good edit point means is a place where you could 
ostensibly, you're dropping in a digital razor blade and making a cut. So it's really hard to do that on something that's very legato. Um, like editing a flute, playing a really legato piece is really hard. Editing a cello, doing a really legato piece is very hard because I mean, you've got to do it like right at that split second where the bow hits the string coming back or going to, you know. Um, it's doable, but it's harder. You certainly would have a nearly impossible time of cutting in the middle of the note for a flute, um, for, uh, you know, a, a cello, anything that's legato. Now, a rock song, you could cut it on, you know, the downbeat of a big old crunchy guitar chord. You could do it on a kick drum. You could do it on a snare drum. Um, there are times I used to use, uh, you know, the consonant of, of a word in a vocal as an edit point. So there are times where I would have two takes of the same thing, um, but one was, a, if I actually worked in the industry in studios before they had vocal tuning. So if we had a bad note, but an otherwise great performance, uh, we would literally mix the same section <laughs> twice and cut in a word. So you would take it from, you know, the T of trembling to the B of by, trembling by, and those were the edit points. Nowadays, you do it all digitally, but the theory and the practice are still the same, which is anything that can be cut on. So some people take that to mean that there needs to be a rest, that there needs to be a whole note, a half note, a quarter note, an eighth note, some period of rest where there's nothing going on. But you know what? That's extremely rare, even if you build it into your writing, into the composition or into the arrangement, because there's still going to be more than likely um, the ring of a chord from before it or reverb before it that's going to hang over. Now, if you're really good and really experienced, you can work around that. Generally speaking, good edit points just means stuff that's easy to edit on. Um, we've actually started taking it out of a lot of our listings because almost anything that's not very legato in nature has edit points. And we were getting so many people that were confused. They, they might have had a great piece of music and decided not to submit it because they didn't have a good edit point in their mind because there was an arrest. That's not the case. Um, do I need to copyright my music before submitting it to Taxi? I'm not a lawyer. Um, you should consult books, your peers, attorneys, um, really highly qualified music specific attorneys, not real estate attorneys or attorneys that specialize in things. Other people that don't do music business stuff every day, all day are not the attorneys you want to talk to because they will charge you for the time, but they won't give you the right answer because it's not an area of specific knowledge for them. So, um, if I were submitting a song for an artist on a major label to cut, I would absolutely make sure that I had registered the copyright um, with the copyright office before I sent that piece of music in. I know that many of our members who do especially um, instrumental cues for film and TV, um, even more specifically, do a ton of instrumental cues for reality TV, don't bother registering the copyrights for those cues because number one, if somebody rips off that cue, eh, 
they don't think it's a big deal because it's not like it's going to generate you know thousands and thousands of dollars or you know tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars the odds are it's not going to be a big money thing so and they could create another queue that is remarkably similar so it just doesn't matter and they know that generally speaking um, there's a good chance that the library will register it if they even bother to um, so it almost doesn't make sense i guess is some is what their theory is why should i go to the tr time trouble and expense because it's not cheap to register a copyright on a 90 second instrumental cue that could end up being non-exclusive and end up being retitled in in five different libraries anyway so that's the overall look at that again i'm not a music attorney don't take my word as absolute gospel reach out to your friends and peers uh, in the taxi forum or elsewhere and ask them what they do for specific things. But absolutely, if you're pitching a piece of music that is a song that could go on a record or be a radio hit and you've put a lot of time and effort into it and it's something far less disposable than a little 90 second cue that almost doesn't matter, register the copyright. Um, moving on. Here's a very popular question. Uh, can you submit music that's recently been forwarded to other listings, or do you have to wait until you hear back on that submission before you can submit it elsewhere? Write, submit, forget, repeat. Submit that sucker everywhere you can. You know what? You could be waiting forever or for never to hear back on that first place it was forwarded. Um, submit it everywhere you can. Again, think of it as planting seeds in as many gardens as you can. And if by some stroke of luck, uh, if the universe lines up and everything comes together and by some act of God, you get a call from Library A and Publisher B and they both want that same piece of music at the same time, the simple answer is whoever you submitted it to first is the company that you should say, you've got it. You don't even need to tell them that somebody else wants it. Why bother? And then go to the second company and say, somebody else has already scooped it up, but I can create something that's very close to that for you. And there you go. Two for the price of one. Um, I need to check stuff off here. What's the difference between an exclusive music publishing deal and a non-exclusive publishing deal? Exclusive, and this is the very short version because I've got a lot of these bullet points to hit, but um, exclusive means that one company has the exclusive right to represent that piece of music. Non-exclusive means that you can give it to several companies and each of them has a non-exclusive right to represent that music. Now, what you can't do is take something that's already been given to four or five companies non-exclusively and then say to the sixth entity or company, I'm going to give it to you exclusively because it's already out there in the world in those other libraries non-exclusively. So there you go. That's the very short version of it. There's tons of information about this online, um, tons of information on the Taxi Forum specifically at forums.taxi.com's 
com. That's forums with an S dot taxi dot com. Go there. I know forums are a little old school, but you know what? Stuff that's on Facebook or Twitter kind of flies by and it's there for the moment and then gone. The taxi forum is like a living, breathing library that just keeps getting bigger, more informative, and better over time. It is literally like the Library of Congress for all things regarding music. Not all things, most things. See, I'm exaggerative. <laughs> um, what's the difference between a taxi listing or a request that says this is a direct-to-supervisor deal? Almost most of the time, they'll say non-exclusive direct-to-supervisor versus a deal that's made through a film TV publisher or production music library. We have a certain number of music supervisors that reach out to Taxi directly and say, I need a song like this, or I need a piece of instrumental music like that. Um, and in those cases, your music is not going through a publisher. So if you've got something that is sitting in your catalog that isn't signed to either an exclusive publisher or a non-exclusive publisher, although I'll talk about that in a second, you can pitch it for that, let's say it's a TV show. And if they use it in the TV show, you don't owe anybody half of anything. You get to keep 100% of the sync fee if there is one. And the sync fee is money that's given up front for the right to use that music in the show. And you get 100% of the back end um, for performance royalties. Now, if it's a piece of music that lands in that TV show or film as a result of you first giving it to a production music library or a publisher, they're going to get half the money because they publish your music and they are pitching their music. Um, they're filling orders. They're taking requests from people who need music and they're saying, here you go, I've got something that, that fills that need. Don't think of them when you hear the word pitching like they're walking down the street going, I'm looking for a CD. I know I had one here somewhere. There we go. Peter, I'm using your CD as a prop. A music library does not like get a piece of music and walk down the street knocking on doors going, hey, I got a great song, you got to hear it. They are waiting for specific requests to come in that they can respond to and say, I've got the perfect piece of music to fill that need. So if it's a direct-to-supervisor thing and you still own 100% of the copyright in the master, get 100% of the money. If you've done a deal with one of those publishers or music library, they get half the money typically. Not always, but typically the deals are 50-50. Um, how can you meet collaborators who have the skills that you might not for your songs and instrumentals? The Taxi Forum and the Taxi Road Rally and frankly, to some extent, the chat room that's happening while we are doing this show. People make relationships with other taxi members. So let's say that, um, oh, here's an example. This CD that I got from taxi member Peter Rahill, who I see, there he is. Thanks for the free ad. You're welcome, Peter Rahill. Um, Peter Rahill was the lyricist on this. So he ostensibly, and he may have, met the gentleman who wrote the melody for the songs on this CD. Could have met that person uh, 
in the taxi forum we've got a thing called collaborators corner could have met them in the peer-to-peer -peer section could have met them in the general information section anywhere at some point you build this network of people so if you're working on a project and you go oh, i've got a great idea for a flute part but you're not a flautist you reach out to a flautist that you may have met through taxi or some other entity um, but taxi has become pretty darn famous over the years for being a great way to network with other people that may have skills that you don't it could be a skill like mastering could be a skill like mixing could be a skill like vocals could be a skill like playing bass whatever the skill set is somebody in the taxi community which numbers in many of thousands all over the world is going to have your back could be that you need somebody to sing a lyric in Japanese. Lo and behold, Taxi has Japanese members that actually speak Japanese. Could be that you need somebody to write a lyric in Mandarin. Somewhere we've got a Taxi member that speaks Mandarin and may be a great lyricist. So there you go. How do I know if I'm seeing all of Taxi's opportunities? We send out emails uh, seven days a week with the exceptions of Easter Sunday and Christmas Day I believe um, generally speaking those emails have three new industry listings in them uh, we have all of our listings so once they come to you in that email those aren't the only three things that we've got we've probably got somewhere between 60 and 100 or more other listings and they are all on the taxi website every day so all you have to do is go to taxi.com and up at the top uh, it says submit music and if you click on that you will see all of the taxi listings categorized by their genre but be forewarned something that people miss a lot is the instrumental category um, we could have three rock instrumentals listed in instrumental. Um, generally, I mean, like right now, we've got a crazy amount of instrumental listings. Um, today's date, for those of you who are going to watch this months from now, is April 30th of 2018. Uh, I checked on Friday. I believe on Friday we had like 24 instrumental listings and a couple of new ones that were coming in over the weekend. So. Uh, we could have listings in rock, pop, hip-hop, um, dramedy, Cantonese, walking music, who knows, just everything, but they are all instrumental, so they're under instrumental. So just know that that's what you want to do, is when you get the emails and you look at the three listings that are current and new as of today, really smart a couple times a week just go spend five or ten minutes at taxi.com and look at all the listings because there's probably so much stuff in there that you're not aware of and you're probably missing golden opportunities because you're not doing that so please don't rely solely on the emails um, what should I do if I'm not getting if I think I'm not getting all the emails that I think I should be getting from taxi this happens sometimes people change email addresses um, sometimes things go a little wacky with our email provider sometimes people unsubscribe from our email list without even realizing that they've unsubscribed and then like two or three weeks later they go hmm I haven't gotten any new listings from taxi for a while 
So the thing you have to do is call our staff. We have an incredible staff of people that give wonderful customer service. You can call us any day between 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. Well, any day Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. at 818-222-2464. Excuse me, I need a swig of water. Getting the dry throat. Or you can reply to an old email or you can reply to an old email, Bria says. Um, or you can go to the Taxi website and you know look under Contact Us, and we've got various um, subcategories of how to contact us. Or you can just email memberservices@taxi.com and say, I don't think I'm getting all the emails that I should be getting. They will go into our email list that's provided, you know, that we work with our uh, email provider and make sure that you're on the right list and that you're on a list, period because we want you to be getting those listings. We have had, 2018 has been a landmark year for getting amazing listings. Really, we've had so many new companies that have joined us this year and are, are looking for music. Um, companies that have been started by industry people that have been around for 10 or 20 years, and now they're starting a new company or building a new catalog within the existing company. We've had several companies from the UK um, and other parts of the world that are running listings with us. Um, one of the goals that we had for 2018 was to provide a lot of opportunities for our more sophisticated, long-term and successful members that already had stuff in a bunch of catalogs. What can we do for them? Give them a bunch more catalogs that we know they're not in because these companies aren't American companies. So typically American musicians don't have music in those catalogs. The same could be true in reverse for people from other countries wanting to get into American catalogs. So just know that we put a lot of effort into bringing a lot of opportunities on board for all of our members to try and not give them same listings from the same companies over and over again. Um, this is a question that we get no, all the time, but it comes in. Why can't I choose to get emails just in certain genres rather than all the genres? Michael, it's a pain in the butt to get an email from you dudes every single day saying, here, here are new listings. Here's why we don't let you select, I'd only like to get rock and pop. This makes sense. Listen carefully, folks. Let's say that you check off rock. I only want to get listings that are rock. Well, that's great. If a major record label is looking for rock bands, you would get that because it goes under the rock category. If they are looking for songs for a rock band on their label, you would get that because it's under rock. If they're looking for rock instrumental cues, it's not going to be under rock. It's going to be under instrumental. And we did that because we experimented with putting the instrumental stuff in various genre categories. People were missing them like crazy. So we said, all right, we're just going to take everything that's instrumental and put it under instrumental. So therefore, if you don't look under instrumental, you wouldn't know that there are probably two or three rock instrumental opportunities sitting in there for you right now. That's just one example of how things can go haywire and why, unfortunately, we can't, um, I mean, we could do it. Technically, we could do it, but we know from past experiences and really thinking this through that a lot of people would miss opportunities. There are sometimes 
Um, what if something is pop rock? Where do we put it? Pop or rock? Um, we have a hard time. We have an internal debate with that. Will we get a pop rock listing? Does it go in pop or rock? What if it's pop rock instrumental? So just know that we do our absolute best. It's not a perfect world. We don't, uh, we're not always able to get things in the absolute in all categories, but we put it in what we determine is the best category based on internal discussion here at the company. But again, if it were a pop rock instrumental, do we put it under pop? Do we put it under rock? We don't have a pop rock category because if we started having subcategories for everything, nobody would look at it. We did actually pare our genres down to basic food groups because we found as we started to expand into subgenres, people became less interested and they were frankly less able to find the stuff that was applicable to them because they don't really know what their genres are. What genre am I strongest in? I think I'm great at pop. Well, actually the music that you're doing is really more like singer-songwriter or Americana, but I think it's pop. Well, the rest of the industry doesn't agree with you and the listings that apply to you are in pop or the same thing happens with instrumental. So there you go look at all the listings at least once a week go through also bria uh once a week sends out a recap of stuff that's coming up during the next calendar week and we subdivide it by opportunities that pay upfront fees known as sync fees and ones that don't so that once a week you get an email with a summary of what is deadlining in the coming week but there's still so much more stuff that's not deadlining in the coming week. It could be deadlining the week after that or the month after that. So there you go. How should I interpret taxis industry listings when I read them so I can be sure I'm submitting the right music? I'm gonna say that once again. How should I interpret taxis listings when I read them so I can be sure I'm submitting the right music? To that, I personally would say, don't just pick one aspect of the listing and go, oh, I'm gonna use the Britney Spears example before because she's pops into my head. Um, if it uses Britney Spears as a reference or says female pop, don't just go, oh, female pop. Or don't just think to yourself, oh, female pop like Britney Spears. There's probably a lot more information in there that you may overlook. Um, just because you've focused on that one aspect or a couple of aspects. It may say female pop or pop music with a female vocal a la Britney Spears, but which song does it reference? And does it say anything about a particular scene that they're looking for? Um, does it say that they're looking for emotionally uplifting? Does it say that they're looking for a positive lyric? Does it say that they're looking for a lyric that skews negatively or is depressing or sad? So there are a lot of little nuances in there and you'd be really, really smart to take a highlighter and go through the listing and highlight each one of those things and then look at it in its totality. Maybe, maybe even make a bullet point list for yourself and then when you listen to the music you're about to submit, does it line up with most, if not all of those things? Because many people, not only do they miss the genre or miss the specific restaurant uh, reference, but they also just ignore the fact that it said looking for pop female vocal with a positive message. 
and they send stuff in about you know committing suicide, which is certainly not positive. And then they wonder why their music isn't forwarded. Well, I submitted pop with a female vocal and it was really good. Why didn't you guys forward it? Because it's about suicide and it was something where they needed a positive song. So those are the kind of rookie mistakes that a lot of newer members make and that our more experienced members don't make because they've learned the drill. So that's why I'm doing this episode so that you newer members, I, I just saved you a half a year of pain and agony. So play that little section of video over again so it really sinks in if you would, please. I'm sorry, I can't you read. You have a whole episode about it too. Oh, I do? About uh, interpreting listings. Oh, I do. <laughs> Bria just reminded me of a whole episode about interpreting listings, um, which was done about three or four weeks ago, if I remember correctly. So you can go watch that. You can find it on our YouTube channel. Um, why do taxi listings have so many specific requirements like tempo, universal lyrics, etc.? Um, I see listings from other companies that are much less detailed. Frankly, if there's not a fair amount of detail, I would personally question the authenticity and veracity of those listings. Um, frankly, not everybody does a great job of ferreting out the information. I don't think all the companies that are in our neck of the woods necessarily even run listings that are real. And uh, I mean, we've even seen, and I have them sitting on my computer, examples of our listings, taxis listings, ending up on other websites where they just marginally change a little bit of the verbiage. Of course, they have no idea who we're running the listing for, but yet they're putting it on their website, charging submission fees, pocketing the money, and never sending the music to anybody because they don't have any idea who taxi is running the listing for. So we know that some companies out there uh, are doing stuff that is skeezy. There's my word of the day, skeezy. Um, and how do you spell skeezy? Because I sure don't know. Anyway, um, we put that detail in there not to make it harder for you, but to make it easier for you. We do not want our members submitting music to opportunities that we think they're going to have a low probability of getting forwarded for. We want our members to have success. And in order to create a better pathway to success for them, we give our members as much information as we possibly can. Um, could be, I'm going to go to Universal Lyrics, one of the things that I mentioned in that bullet point. Um, sometimes somebody, as I mentioned before, may want Universal Lyrics because something is, a song is going to be very featured and they don't want anything that talks about Apple MacBook Pros or has profanity in it, or I fell in love with Susie under the Eiffel Tower on Christmas Eve. All those things make a song with a lyric less usable because it won't go with the scene that they're looking for. There are other things where, as I mentioned earlier, it's just party pop music and they need stuff that's gonna be played in the background, probably gonna be somewhat muffled. It's gonna sound like it's coming out of speakers 50 feet away. There's gonna be plenty of dialogue up front obfuscating your ability to hear the music or hear the lyric and the universal lyrics become much less important at that point. So we try to give you guys a bunch of specifics not to bust your chops and make it more difficult but to enable you to make the right submission. Who are the taxi screeners and what qualifies them to judge your music? You would be in shock 
if you could come to our, and we invite you to come to our office. Um, we want you to come to our office, frankly. Uh, the people who screen your music here are people with incredible resumes that are vetted by us, um, not only for their resume and their industry experience or the number of years they've got in the industry or number of years of experience, but their ability to, number one, have good ears, um, number two, their ability to speak fluently to a certain aspect of the industry. Somebody who's great, uh, somebody who was an A&R person at Columbia Records in 1999 and signed three mega rock band hits would probably not be a great screener for rock music for a reality TV show. Why? Because they don't understand how the rock music is going to be used in that reality TV show they understand what makes a hit record in the rock genre. They're two very different things. So when we enlist screeners to listen and judge your music, we're picking people that are not only expert in genres, but expert in the application of how the music is going to be used. And all I can say is, we sorry, I've got a growling stomach. Um, we take that really seriously. And not only do we pick them well, but we keep an eye on the work that they're doing. We've got a person whose function at Taxi is to act as the head screener. And they review the work that the screeners are doing. They review the, the um, feedback that the screeners are giving. Um, we have a golden rule around here because people sometimes say, oh, they're probably just copying and pasting stuff from, you know, they come in, they write one critique and they copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste. They don't. Because if they do, and we have busted three or four people over 26 years that were doing that. We've had somebody who was doing it back when we were working with pen and paper. People, somebody was writing the same thing over and over. Um, certainly unimaginative and, and certainly stupid because we don't use them anymore. That is a cardinal sin at Taxi. If you are ever caught copying and pasting, you're toast. That said, having been a screener myself for the first, I don't know, five years of the company or what have you, it's really hard. Many of the same mistakes are made by many of the same, um, by many different members. So let's say we're looking for songs uh, to be a hit record for a major label artist. I would say probably 90% or greater of the submissions will have one thing in common that will kill that submission. And that is the chorus isn't big enough. There's not enough contrast between the verse and the chorus. So yes, we may have a screener that repeatedly writes, your chorus doesn't pop enough. But you know what? That's because it doesn't. It's not that they're copying and pasting. It's because people are making the same mistake over and over. So there are a certain number of very common mistakes. Your uh, thing is not in the right genre. Um, happens all the time. So the screeners are chosen, again, for their expertise in certain genres, for their expertise in records versus film and TV, and then they're monitored to make sure that they're giving good, constructive, helpful feedback. Making progress. Holy smokes. I've got 15 minutes and I've still got several pages to go. We may be doing Taxi New Member 101 Part B in a couple of weeks. Um, I think I already addressed this, so I'm going to address this one very quickly. Does personal taste come into play when the taxi screeners are listening to your music? No. Uh, 
what comes into play is their expertise in knowing what it is they're looking for. Again, I'm going to go back to the last answer which I gave, which is somebody may be an expert in rock music, but they may not be an expert in rock music as it would be used in film and television. Their expertise is rock music looking for bands that could be signed to a major record label. They're often very, very different things. So their personal taste is not applied. Their taste is applied, but they are putting themselves into the shoes of the industry person that ran the listing with us and going, if I were that person at this company running this listing, would I think that this rock music is what I'm looking for? And if the answer is yes, then your music gets forwarded. Um, can the screener make a bad call because he or she is having a bad day, had a fight with their spouse, didn't drink enough coffee, has a new baby at home, kept them up half the night? I would say anybody could have those things come into play um, when making at any job. I I'd be lying if I said that it's impossible for it to happen, that it has never happened in the history of the company. However, I am very proud to say that we've had many instances over the years where a screener has walked into the head screener and, and after being here for an hour said, I'm going home, I'm tired. I, I just don't feel like I'm on my game today, so I don't wanna screen any more music. They're actually required to do that. Now, could somebody hide it and fake it? Yeah, they could. But if you met our screeners and you got to know them as people, you'd go, you know, these people, are, the vast majority of them are, are musicians, just like you. Um, they're really good people. They're cool people. They want to find winners. They want to forward material. They come in with the attitude of, I'm looking for gems today. And they get really genuinely excited when they find something awesome. So I would say that the vast, vast, vast majority of the time, whether they didn't have enough coffee or they had a fight with their spouse, all those things, um, kind of like an Olympic athlete or a pro golfer or anybody who does, an actor. You know what, uh, if an actor walks onto the set, I'm pretty sure that they can go, boom, I need to turn on my professional switch and act like a professional. The taxi screeners, I believe, do that 99.9% .9 of the time. So if you get a critique and you think, gee, I should have been forwarded for that and I wasn't, I bet that screener didn't drink enough coffee, you're probably not right. I hate to say it, but, uh, you know, because we like, we do kind of live by the customers always right. But when we have a head screener who checks out problems with screeners like that, it's so incredibly rare that the screener's at fault. And when the screener is at fault, if we listen to something and go, holy crap, what was that screener thinking? We will overrule the screener. Um, we've had many, many cases where people disagreed with the screeners, members disagreed with the screeners, and we've encouraged the member to go on the taxi forum and take it to the court of public opinion, take the listing in full, post it on the forum, take a link to the song and post it on the forum, and then scan uh, or forward or, or you know take a copy of the actual feedback from the taxi screener and put it on the forum and ask your fellow members, was the screener on the money or not? And it's amazing. I, if I had to pick a number, I would say 98% of the time or greater, 
that the court of public opinion sides with the screener. And I'm very proud of that and very grateful that we have such an awesome group of people working for Taxi listening to music. Um, if a screener is on the fence, why don't they forward my music and let the person, uh, the industry person on the receiving end, the end user, if you will, if the screener's on the fence, why don't they let the end user decide? The reason is because the end users don't want to get maybes. They don't even want to get probablys. They want to get stuff where we forward it to them with a certain amount of conviction and say, we think you're really going to like this. We think that you're going to find that this could work for that scene. We think that this is strong enough that a major label artist should be cutting it. So if we vary from that and we're sending stuff going, you know, this is pretty good. You should check it out. We can get away with that on extremely rare occasions, but that's a, a welcome that you can wear out quickly if you're in the shoes of taxi. Um, they won't run any more listings with us. I mean, there are occasions, occasions, rare occasions, where we will reach out to the industry person and say, look, we found something where the it starts out weak um, and it finishes weak. But there is a chorus in this that is so incredibly good and so incredibly right on for that scene in this film that we're going to send it to you anyway, even though that we know under a normal circumstance you wouldn't get past the weak first 30 seconds of the song to ever hear the amazing chorus. So we're sending it to you and we're giving you a heads up that we're making an exception because the chorus is so perfect. Now, I know a lot of people are going to think, well, why don't they do that all the time for us? We can't. There aren't enough hours in the day. It's a really tough judgment call, and we can't send that email or ask for that exceptional exception more than, you know, like once or twice a year with some people, with a lot of people. Um, they just won't continue to run listings. Does my music get forwarded based on the numerical ratings on the taxi feedback form? No. Nobody, there is no computer, there's no artificial intelligence, there's no IBM Watson, there's no committee, there's nobody and nothing that looks at those ratings and says, oh, he got an 8.7 average, let's forward it. Those numbers are only there for the screener to let you know if it's bad, pretty darn good, or exceptionally good. It's just another form of feedback, but it literally has zero and has always had zero, nothing, nada to do with whether or not a piece of music is forwarded. It's just a reference for you to see on a relative scale where the screener who was in that moment for that particular need where you fall on the scale. Isn't submitting my music to Taxi like playing the lottery? Isn't it really just a matter of luck? No, because if I could play the lottery, lottery, if I could play the lottery with the same control that you have over your submissions and affect the outcome by the quality of your submission, I would play the lottery, <laughs> I can't talk, I would play the lottery all the time. Um, you get to, I mean, is there a certain amount of luck? 
I don't know, I'm trying to think of why luck plays into it at all. No, I mean, it's not like there's luck of the draw that you get one screener over another. It's not like there's luck of the draw where you are in the, the sequence of music that's listened to. And by the way, the screeners only work in four-hour shifts. Uh, we do that because after five or six or seven hours, you do get a little toasty. Four hours was a comfortable cutoff so that they don't get toasty. So there really isn't any luck involved. It's them judging that piece of music for that listing in that moment. And if they judge the same piece of music for that particular listing, five minutes later, five hours later, five days later, or five months later, I would be willing to bet that 99.5% of the time, the outcome is going to be the same. Now, the feedback might be different, and that takes me to another question, which is, why, is, why do I get different feedback from different screeners at different times? It's so frustrating, Michael, when two screeners give me uh, very divergent feedback on the same song. How can that happen? Well, because they are giving feedback based on that particular listing. What is their mission today at this point in time? If they're listening to a rock song, for a record label submission where a major label is looking for a rock song for a band that they've got signed to the label, that screener is listening to it with one set of ears, one perspective. Another screener who's listening to it for a placement in a feature film that needs a rock song is listening to it with a whole different perspective. And the second screener who's listening to it for a film and TV placement, it may be a great song. It might be a, a song that has all the potential in the world to become a massive hit. But because it's got a really super busy Steve Vai-like guitar part in it, it's probably not going to work well in a film. Why? Because it's going to distract from the dialogue. So same song, two screeners, two sets of circumstances, different result, and different feedback. First screener for the record label placement says, that song sounds like a hit. I love it, I'm gonna forward it. Second screener says, amazing song. Unfortunately, I can't forward it because the guitar work is so busy that all those little fills are gonna distract from dialogue, so I can't forward it. But both your screeners said that it was great, but one guy forwarded, one guy didn't, and the other person said the chorus was great, and the other person said the chorus didn't work because of the busy guitar fills. They were both listening to the same song, but for different reasons, different applications, different scenarios, different types of placements. So there you go. Um, I am going to stop here and I am going to come back in a couple weeks because I still have pages more of this stuff to do for you guys. Um, so I do want to mention before I sign off, I had a note somewhere. There it is. This was another thing. Um, oh, uh, that's all for now. This is scripted. That's all for now. I hope you found this useful. <laughs> and to all of our new members, don't get discouraged. Uh, I know. Uh, believe me, we all feel for you. We, we really, truly want you to love Taxi and love what we can do for you. Um, and it's not just our egos that want, you know, wanting to do a great job for you guys, but 
you know, we're all musicians. We want to see people succeed at their dreams. Um, if every one of our members who's been successful, uh, I should say every one of our members, just remember this, every time you're frustrated, every one of those people in the success story part of our forum is using the same service, ostensibly submitting to the same listings, if not similar listings, ostensibly getting screened by the same screeners for potentially the same companies, the, you know, the end users. And they're successful and you're not yet. Why? Because they've learned about giving it enough time and using all the resources that Taxi brings to bear for you. Um, you got to use the Taxi Forum. I know it sounds a little corny, maybe a little old school, but use the Taxi Forum at forums.taxi.com. Don't just be a lurker. Sign up and become an active member of that community. It is life-changing. We hear this from virtually every single one of our successful members. Also, keep watching Taxi TV. We also hear this from virtually every one of our successful members, that they're avid watchers of Taxi TV. And if they can't watch the live show, they watch the archives later, or they watch or listen to the um, podcast while they're commuting to and from work or on their treadmill in the morning or recumbent bike or whatever. Um, in other words, given the time and some patience, a lot of patience, getting your pro productivity up. Look, if you're only cranking out one piece of music every six weeks, somebody else who's cranking out an instrumental cue per day is going to have a much greater shot at landing deals and making money with their music. So the passage of time, sticking with it, patience, productivity, virtually any taxi member can be successful. I know that's a big statement to make because you're probably thinking, well, some people are just more inherently talented than others. But you know what? Some of our most successful members aren't like wildly talented. They weren't born with some gift. What the, the gift they were born with is persistence and working smart, not hard. They're smart enough to notice what gets used in TV shows, for instance, and, and do that analysis and kind of move their, their work over to that area. Um, so just know that, again, you're all using the same service, the same screeners, the same opportunities, the same companies that you would get forwarded to, and really it comes down to you. And if you do, just like any of the big self-help gurus would tell you, Tony Robbins, all those other dudes and dudettes out there, find somebody who's already accomplished what you want to accomplish and do what they do. We lay it out for you. Your fellow members have laid it out for you. And uh, all you have to do is get on the path and follow it. There's, that is not an exaggeration, folks. Speaking the truth. With that, I want to let you know next week we have the one, the only, Ralph Murphy in the house next week. We're really excited that he's back. He'll be back in town and joining us. Can't wait to see him. He always does a great show. He is a world-class songwriter. Um, he's been in the business for, I don't know, like 50-some years, and he's just a font of wisdom. So join us for that next week. I will see you then. Thank you for watching. Bye-bye.